Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. First of all, let's welcome up Helen Trividi. Come on, let's give her a round of applause. Good morning. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> Usually up here doing something else over that side or that side. Um, so I will tell you a little bit about myself, but first I want to um, just honour and give thanks to the leadership at Arena um, for all that they do for, for the church. Because you know the church, it's about the people and it is the bride of Christ. It's what Jesus is coming back for. It, it, and, and all the work to extend his kingdom and to extend that is, um, it's just amazing. So I just want to thank, thank you and, and um, uh, yeah, give you honour and thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. Um, I'm going to just pray and then I'll share a few things just for a few minutes. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you're here. Jesus, help this morning. Make your Holy Spirit known through, through what I share. And I ask that whatever needs to be heard by each and every one will be heard. Um, yeah, in your name. Amen. Okay, so as you've heard, I'm Helen. I'm married to Jay. Um, uh, we've been married for uh, 10 years? No. How long have we been married? <laughs> I can tell you how long we've been married because we chose a really good year to get married in. We chose to get married in... Um, I've written it down here as well. Um, we got married in 2010. That's where the 10 came from. So we can count our years of marriage by the last number of the year. So it's eight years. So anyone thinking of getting married anytime soon, wait till 2020. It's going to be really easy to count. Um, no, but, you know, Jay is very lovely, very handsome, very patient. And we are blessed to be parents um, to Ezra, who is wonderfully two. He is doing two years old really well, really well. Um, and I've got a little, little story. It's funny, the picture that they've chosen to put with somewhere in the Psalms. When I first got the email for the invitation this morning, I was really excited. I thought, that is me brilliant I'm there of course I thought I'd been invited to summer in the palms (laughs) so just as I was reaching for my suitcase I was rereading the email it came from Helen um, Turner I was like yeah yeah okay all right so so here we are today for summer in the psalms not in the palms Um, and I'm going to share with you my psalm which is psalm 103 Um, so the key verses are going to be on screen but if you can turn to it paper or electronic that's fine Um, and I want to talk about being naive enough to know God better Um, and I need to actually say I think Josh might have read my notes (laughs) because this morning and what he encourages in today about getting to God and not thinking we can do it on our own that's that's basically the main message Um, so we've all heard that saying you're old enough to know better some of us might have heard it a little bit more often than others. Um, but, you know, yeah, you're old enough to know better, which normally means you need to stop doing that immature, naive thing. You need to pull yourself up, come on, be a bit more mature, be a bit, maybe a bit stronger, and um, do, you know, do the right thing, do the mature thing. But what I'd like to sort of say today is that having the right sort of childlike naivety means that we're more likely to take ourselves to God in those moments that we need to, more likely to take ourselves to God than try to do things in our own strength. Now, recently, I haven't been doing that. I've been 
naive enough to think I could do it on my own, to think I could do it in my own strength. And what I should have done was be naive enough to know that I needed to get to know God better, um, to get to know him better in this circumstance that I was in. If I'd have seen that naivety for what it was, I would have got with God a lot more. Uh, I'd have come to those great verses, you know, that we all know, those scriptures that build us up, that remind us we're saved by grace. We are beloved children of God. He's chosen us. We're in his family. He's got me. He's got me in his hand. He's written my name on the palm of his hand right there. That's where we are. But actually, you know, it's not all on me because I'm with him. I'm with him. Um, And he's with me. (laughs) He's with all of us. Um, so again, like using Psalm 103, I thought I'd draw out a little bit about what God's done in this relationship that he wants with us and who we are now. So um, I'm going to start at the beginning. It's a brilliant place to start often with the, these things. Psalm 103 verse 1. So I'm just going to read that when it's on screen. It says... Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Now, I really love this because, and it reoccurs a lot in the Psalms, praise the Lord. The version that I usually use says, praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise him with all my inmost being, praise the Lord. And um, for me, it reminds me, have you ever been in those situations where somebody says to you, well, you need to say to somebody, have a word. You know, when something or someone just, <laughs> just needs bringing back into line, a little, maybe redirected slightly, and you just need to, need to have a word sometimes. And I think <clears throat> we need to have a word with our soul sometimes. Our soul is that part of us that we are in control of, that we direct. And the, I think the reason that that reoccurs so much in the Psalms is because when, when David was writing them, he needed that remark. He needed to have a word with himself. He needed to say, whatever the situation is that I'm in, I just need to talk to myself. I need to say to myself, praise the Lord, oh my soul. I'm check, just check himself, you know, just realign himself. So that's what this verse for me is about. It's about creating, it's that opportunity, one of those moments to just realign yourself before you get into the rest of the amazing part. And that, that part where it says, um, it's gone off the screen. Again, it says, all my inmost being, or with my whole heart. I mean, can you imagine that, doing something with your whole heart? I mean, we've all got passions for things. We've got interests for things. We all love somebody very much. But your whole heart, like, you know, that's just the most amazing kind of realignment that we're talking about here. Um, And so, and then in verse 2 and 3, we carry on, and we're talking to our soul still here. And it says... um, it's, it's a reminder to ourselves. It's a reminder to our souls. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. On screen it says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. We have, like, what a reminder that is. Forget not his benefits. Forget not what he has done. So we've, we've checked ourselves and we said, we're going to praise the Lord. And why are, we, why are we going to praise the Lord? We're going to remember everything that he's already done, all the good things that he's already got for us. So this is already, like, we're two verses in. <laughs> and this is so good. And then it's forget not all his benefits. And verse 3 tells us what those benefits are. It says, he's forgiven all of my sins and he has healed all of my disease. So there's, there's nothing better to be reminded about. And for what an amazing reason. You know, he, that's what he's done. 
And we'll go on to verse four. It says, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. It's on the screen. It says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. So my encouragement with this verse, that tells us what our identity is. So we've heard, we've realigned our souls and we're going to listen now. We're remembering what God's done. He's all like forgetting not all his benefits we know we've been forgiven from sin we've been saved and healed from all of our disease and so now he gets to tell us what our identity is now because of that right here right there right here in your in your bible that's the word of god so i want to say to you this morning never believe anything anything less than that it says you are crowned with the only people I know that wear real crowns are royalty and that's what that's what he's given us his royal his royal family we are now part of that we can never believe anything less than that because it was the finished work of Christ on the cross that brought us into his family um so and somewhere in the new testament it says um we've been adopted as sons and somewhere else it says um he's given us his name and you know when um someone is adopted their identity changes they get given a new name they take on the surname of the new family they get new um, documents that identify them in their their new identity and that is as much of a new identity that we have in Christ now that's the royal priest that's the royal family we've been brought into where, where we can say that was the old that was my identity then I now identify with this I am royalty and so by doing that, he's brought us into his family and he's welcomed us in. And then verse five tells us about, really about how we can make ourselves at home in this family because he is a father who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And on screen it says, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. So with, with, you know, with what he's done, he's brought us into that royal family and now he wants to give us good things. I mean, it's already amazing what the place he's brought to, but now he's going to give us stuff. He's going to give us good things and he wants us to be fresh, to be refreshed by belonging to this new family. Okay, so now, have any of you ever had someone come and visit you for a little while? Come and stay and you say to them, come in, make yourself at home and you have an absolutely lovely time for a few days until they've been there a little bit too long and it starts to grate. And um, when, they, when they leave, you're like, I can't believe he took that last bit of milk. Did you see? He finished the breakfast. There was none for anyone else. Now, you're all probably far more gracious than I am, and this has never happened to you. You know, you can just open up everything and nothing ever, ever grates on you. Although, maybe, if it has never happened to you, I'd, pra- I'd like to humbly suggest this morning that it probably is you. That is probably you. No, I can say that because it's usually me, I'll be honest. I, I really, I never know when to leave. I just love being around people and I love sharing things with people. Often sharing food with people is fantastic. So, um, but, but you know what? When God says, come in and make yourself at home, he really, really means it. He really means it. He says, come in and be family with me. He says, take my name, have the crown. 
You know, you can just settle and be my royal family. Take the last tea bag. Have the last drop of milk. Don't tell me about it. It's fine. There'll be none for anyone else, but it doesn't matter. Because God says it's okay. I will give you good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I mean, what a great God. Now, when I, when I also read this verse, I have to kind of re- read it twice because sometimes you feel like it's a little bit hard to believe. You're going to satisfy my desires with good things. So does that mean that anything I want? Anything I desire? Probably not. <clears throat> See, now it's God's version of good that applies in this situation. So one way of thinking about the word good in the Old Testament is to think of it as meaning something functional or something fit for purpose. So when he was in creation, he saw that it was good. He saw that it worked for the purpose. It worked for the job that he intended it to do. So when we look at this verse, I think of it as meaning um, it's God. He's got the things that are going to be helpful for me that fit the purpose that we are put on this earth for. Um, he wants us to have the very best of God. He want, God wants us to have the best of him. He's not going to hold anything back. Anything that is suitable for our purpose on this earth, he will not withhold from you. He just will not. That's not him. That is not him that's stopping that blessing. That is not him that is stopping the miracle. That's not how he operates. Um, so... As I say, it doesn't mean that that's every desire of your heart, though. It's the good things that are fit for the purpose that you were put on this earth for. Because if we did get everything we just fancied all the time, I think it would probably spoil us a little bit. You know, if I just ate anything that I fancied any time, I wouldn't be healthy. I wouldn't be, have the energy I, I have. So, you know, you have to do the thing that's good, as in functional, that's right for you as well sometimes. Now, um, that also means that that's not going to look the same as anybody else. The good things that God has for you are for your purpose. They need to fit what what you need to do. And that's not going to look the same as what somebody else has got. So I just encourage you, never compare yourself. Never compare your life, your house, your home, your family, your children to anybody else. Because we all have our own purpose. God has good things, functional things that are fit for your purpose in your life. And it will not be the same as somebody else's. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just the way God works because he loves us individually. Now, I, I've just picked through five verses there um, in this psalm. And the rest of the psalm goes on to talk about a bit more about who the Father is and why it's important for us to be in relationship with him. Um, but I'm just going to encourage you to read that in your own time uh, because I'm just going to kind of wrap up now. It's those kind of scriptures that I really should have gone to, that, that you hold on to. Remind yourself of your identity. Remember what he saved you from, the pit. He's crowned you and you've got no sin now. You've got all your diseases healed because of what he's done. So when those fiery darts do come, you know, you can go, right, well, I'm going to turn to this because that's what the Word of God says and that's the truth. But as I said, we've been through a time recently where I, I wasn't doing that. I was in my own strength. And, and you know, when things don't happen the way you planned or they don't quite match your vision, like you just move into the house you've just bought with your first mortgage and then two weeks later you get a phone call to say you're going to be made redundant in six months. 
So that, that doesn't align with what I had planned for at all. Um, but, you know, where, where I went to at that time was some of these scriptures. But, you know, church, for me, church is a wonderful place to find family. So many of you will know that Jay and I, our family, our parents and our siblings, they live about 100 miles away. So we need you. <laughs> we need you to stand in that gap. Because that's, that's what we've got. That's, you are what we've got. This is, this is family. And I think this is part of what ch- church is designed for. This is what God made church to be, family. And, and it's with that family. And I'm thankful to God that we have that. Because I know that a lot of you were praying and still are praying through you know, those, those times that, that we've been through. And the, I do have a new job now and it's, it's great. It's a, a, you know, a, it was a great train, change for me, but it wasn't what we planned for. It wasn't what I expected at all. But I, I think the prayer life of, of everybody else around us has held and helped me. And, and it's, I would say it was that that probably brought me to that right place of naivety to say, I can't keep doing this on my own, can I? I can't. And so I got eventually naive enough to know God better in the circumstance that I was in because he really is an awesome father and that's, and that's what he wants for us. He wants us to, to keep coming to him and to keep relying on him because that's, that's the way we're designed. So, yeah, I just encourage us all to just think about in our life, in certain circumstances where we might need to just remind ourselves to be a little bit more naive to our strengths or to our weaknesses and get to know God better. Thank you. Wasn't that great? That was, uh, that was phenomenal. So uh, I'm not going to take up any time at all and I'm going to invite Helen Bailey. So come on, let's give Helen a massive round of applause. You got it. that yeah awesome you did good girl it's a hard act to follow let me tell you but I just want to pray if that's all right okay Lord I want to thank you for what Helen has shared Lord I want that to sink deep into people's hearts and into their minds and now open ears Lord for the rest of what needs to be shared today Lord it's not about me up here I'm just a vessel it's about you and what you want to say Help me to be obedient in that, Lord, and to listen in. Amen. Amen. Have you guys ever started anything new? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've all started things new. So my boys are at a new stage of life. Ben is going into GCSEs. So he's going to start into year 10. Jack is going to start college. He's starting a new stage of life. And I guess some people in here have started new jobs. So, about six months ago, I started a new job. I'd been in my previous one for about, I don't know, 14 years. And anyone who's ever started something new knows that it's really exciting, isn't it? It brings in learning opportunities. It brings in challenge. It gave me brain ache. (laughs) I had so much to learn. It was hard work. I struggled being on my best behaviour all the time, meeting new people, being careful what I said. I wanted to fit in. But I want to be honest, as well as it being exciting, I actually found it really, really hard. There were times when I was overwhelmed. 
There were times when I was scared. There were times when I was stressed. There were times when I came home in tears. I didn't expect it to be quite this hard. I braced myself going into the hospital and I breathed a sigh of relief coming out. It was strange though, because I had a peace. I knew underneath it all that I was meant to be where I was and I was meant to be doing the job that I was supposed to be doing. You know, when I say I braced myself going into the hospital and I breathed a sigh of relief going out, it's not quite true. You see, I prayed myself going into the hospital. I prayed myself around the working day and I prayed myself coming out, literally being thankful to God that I'd made it through the day. I guess putting Philippians 4 verse 6 into motion, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. You see, I had a choice during this challenging season a bit like Helen, do it in my strength or do it with God. And guess what I chose? I chose to do it with God, knowing that he saw me, knowing that he was with me, knowing that he was present, knowing that he was there to guide me, knowing he was there to give me strength and knowing actually he was there right behind me. You see, I know that God knows me. I believe it because the Bible tells me so. But there's more and I'm going to be really bold and tell you that God knows you too. And he sees you too. You are known. When I was asked to preach today, I also thought I was going to somewhere in the Palms. (laughs) Really disappointed to be here in Wet Ilkeston. (laughs) But I knew exactly what psalm I was going to bring. Because Psalm 139 has been imprinted on my heart and it's been completely in my head as I face this new job challenge. It's actually known as God's perfect knowledge of man. Remember, you are known. It says this, and it should come up on the screen. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down, and you know when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, and you see me when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit and I can never get away from your presence. Wow. Can you see? God has a perfect knowledge of me. He knows everything about me. It's what the psalm says. That's God's word. I believe it. He knows me. I guess knowing someone means different things, doesn't it? A couple of weeks ago, we were in the car leaving um, church and Jack, oh, he's gone. My 16-year-old said to me, Mum, I know that lady over there. There's a lady walking um, in the path near Morrison's. And I said, yeah, I know her too. And I wrapped my brain. I was like, oh, I know who she is. She works in Wilco's on Bath Street. You see, we didn't really know her but we recognised her. There's those people that we identify as knowing, you know, like our acquaintances, so you know them, but you know little about them. 
And then there's those people that know us really well, isn't there? You know, our husband, uh, our wife, our brother, our sister, our best friend. You will be able to fill in that person who knows you really well. They know what makes you happy. They know what makes you sad. They know how you're feeling. They might even be able to tell your tone through a text or as soon as you pick up the phone that you're not having a good day. They know you really well, but God knows you more than that. Do you believe it? God knows you more than that. Because the psalm says he knows us so well, he knows what we're going to say. He knows our thoughts. Wow. So I guess if you're sat there right now thinking, I wish Helen would hurry up, your neighbour next door might not know, but God absolutely knows. Can you see why I like this psalm and why it's been so helpful? I'm going to keep reading. In verse 7, it says this. We can't get away from God's presence. You see, he's with me at work. He's with me right now as I stand here. If I go up to the heavens, he's there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Darkness and light are the same. So God is saying that darkness is light, and light is light. You know, when I go to bed at night, I like it pitch black. I really do. I'm a nurse, and Sarah can probably... um, Get what I'm saying? When you're on nights, you like it to be black, don't you? I used to have blankets and towels so that there was no glimmer of light coming through. I don't do nights anymore, but I still like my room to be black. After a long day at work, not so long ago, I'd got into bed and I'd snuggled down. And you know when it's that amazing feeling when you get into bed and it's like, oh. And then all of a sudden, this hand came. It wasn't him. From underneath my bed. <laughs> grabbed my leg, I screamed, scrambled for the light, gingerly looked under the bed, and there was Ben, my (laughs) 14-year-old, laughing. I was petrified. But can you see what this psalm is saying? God would have seen Ben in that pitch black of the room, because light is light and dark is light. It was a great preach analysis, but I um, I wasn't very grateful to him at the time. Even when we think we're well hidden and no one can see us, God is always present. There's a book in the Bible um, called Jeremiah. It's in the Old Testament and he puts it like this. Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? I am a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off. That knowledge amazes me, you know, and it gives me comfort. It gives me peace. But I don't see it as God being a big brother God. Do you know what I mean? I don't see it as, um, you know, like Facebook stalkers looking through, like, not like, Snapchat streakers, whatever it is your thing. Is that the wrong word? Okay, we're going to scratch over that bit. Christian, I hope you're not listening. I'm never going to be invited up here again. Anyway, God doesn't sit on his throne nudging Abraham, nudging Moses and saying, look what Helen's doing now. He's not that kind of a God. He watches like a father, watches his children. And you know, I get that word father might not be a good word for you in your life. I understand it. You see, for 16 years of my life, I had an amazing dad. 
He was great. He was always present. He was always there for me. But you know what? He made some decisions and he made some choices. The man that I couldn't be part of his life anymore, he didn't want to know. However, I have been a Christian for 35 years. And what that means is I am a follower of Christ. Or as Helen so perfectly put it, I am a daughter of the King of Kings. God is my heavenly father. And I can honestly say, yeah, I've had tough times. Of course I have. I've had challenges. Of course I have. But God has always been there for me. He is a present father. It's a good word. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, it says, Never will I, and this is God, leave you and never will I forsake you. Now this phrase is repeated quite a few times in the Bible. Do you think God's trying to get a message across? If today you feel like God is far away, I've got news for you. He doesn't move. He is everywhere. He is in the now. Maybe you guys have drifted from him because he says that he will never leave you. He's with us. He knows us and there's more. In Psalm 139, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. So he made us. He knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Some people in this room need to hear that you were made on purpose, that you were made intentionally, that you were planned, and that you were known. So I guess if you've ever been told that you're a mistake, that you're not wanted, that you're an accident, it's not true. Because God is a perfect creator and you were made on purpose. You were made for a purpose. Because it says every day of my life is recorded in your book. That blows my mind. I can't get my head around it. But then I'm not supposed to because God's thoughts are higher and his ways are higher than mine. You know, I said earlier that despite my work making me feel pretty rubbish, I knew that I was supposed to be doing this job for this season. You see, I had a stirring in my heart 16 years ago to do this job. I was working on children's intensive care at Queen's Medical Centre, and the sister in charge of my team, Jackie, left to do end-of-life care and bereavement nurse support. And I remember saying at the time, I really want to do that. You see... Something had stirred in my heart. I wanted to help these broken families, these broken parents go through the worst thing you could possibly imagine. I wanted to be there for them. And then five years after saying that, I actually left that role and I became a community children's nurse. And over the 14 years of being a community children's nurse, I started to steer more towards end of life and bereavement care. And often we'd go back to Queen's Medical Centre. You see, when you've got two boys, you end up in A&E quite a lot. (laughs) And often, actually more often with Ben, we would bump into Jackie and I'd say to her, I still want to come and work for you one day. And then last year, 16 years after having that stirring in my heart, I had a phone call from a mate and he said, your dream job's come up. I thought, oh, I'll have a look. I looked at the job advert. It was exactly what I wanted to do. End of life and bereavement care. I prayed about it. You see, I only ever want to do anything if it's part of God's plan for me. And then I prepared for the interview. Preparation is key, isn't it? Every day of our life is recorded 
but it doesn't say, and you'll be handed everything on a plate. You have to work hard for some things. And then I got the job. And in Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, A man's heart plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. You see, my heart had been stirred years ago to do this job. Was it my idea? Was it a God idea? I would say that God knowing me, God making me on purpose, God making me for a purpose, makes me think he had something to do with it. I can completely see how God has determined my steps to do this job. And his timing in it has been perfect. You see, I needed those 16 years to learn how to do the job that I'm doing. I think sometimes when we have to wait for things, there's a reason. It's about being equipped, it's about being prepared, and it's about being um, in a place of learning so that you can then fulfil what you're meant to be doing. Often in the wait, we get to learn. Do you know, even when we keep in step with God's plan, challenges come. I started off my preach like that. Challenges will come, but we get a choice. We do it with God or we do it by ourselves. My choice, I'm going to do it with him. Knowing that he knows me, knowing that he sees me, knowing that he's present with me, knowing that he created me and knowing that he has a purpose for me. I guess you may not be in a new job challenge, but there might be something else in your life that is a challenge. You can fill in the gap of what that is. But I want, to, I want to challenge you and I want to say this. If you're waiting for something that stirred in your heart years ago to come to fruition, wait patiently. But wait expectantly and there's a difference. And I want to encourage you to read Psalm 139 and get it imprinted in your heart and your mind. Have the knowledge that God is with you, that he sees you, that he made you and he will never ever leave you and that you are known.